Hey everyone, you're listening to Pistons and Prosecco, a podcast dedicated to showcasing awesome wedding vendors and providing a behind-the-scenes look at the wedding industry. I'm your host, Bryce Bjornsson, owner of Jax 47 Mobile Barco. We create a better experience for your guests by serving delicious drinks on draft with style. Today, we have Lisa with Exquisite Events and Consulting, who also hosts a podcast called Busy Bride 101. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first time interviewing a fellow podcaster. So Yay! I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about. Um, not even from about podcasting, but wedding industry in Asheville. I know you lived here for a while. Uh, you're currently residing in Charlotte. Is that correct? Yes. But you still work up here in Asheville. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. When you've worked so long in the Western North Carolina area and you still have brides asking for your service, even though you reside in a totally different city, there's no way I can tell them no. Yeah, yeah, of <laughs> I'm course. I'm just not going to do it. And it's just a short two hour drive. So, you know, that's not a big deal for, for them or for you. you know, right. Nice and people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's kick it off with my favorite question, which is what's your favorite beverage to sip? My on? favorite beverage. Mm -hmm. Get ready now, Bryce. All right. Okay. okay. You, you are sitting down. <laughs> I, I am. It's simple, but it's effective. <laughs> it is gin and ginger ale on the rocks with a twist of lime. And it has to be, and I don't, can I say the name of the company of the gin? Sure, yeah. That should be Tangeray. Okay. Tangeray uh, and ginger. It, yeah, with a with twist lime. of lime. Let's not forget that. <laughs> All of those elements have to come together as one. Mm. And it is one of the best beverages as far as alcoholic mm -hmm. beverages that um, I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a nice classic, um, you know, just a simple spirit with some ginger and a little lime. So no, it doesn't have a name. It's just that unique. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have a name. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, you know, the other weekend that reminds me of a, what did I do? It was scotch and, or no, Irish whiskey and ginger beer and lime. Okay. Yeah. How was so that? it was good. Jameson and ginger and lime. Yeah. I liked it. He, he had just, he was residing he was in the military, and I guess they drank that wherever he was stationed. So he came back. He's like, I found a good drink. Can you put it on <laughs> on the menu? I'm like, sure thing. So, you know, always <laughs> happy to do that. So, Lisa, you know, you've been in the business for a while. I think you said you've, you've done, was it, you know, seven or eight years you've been been doing this? Is that right? Or am I totally off? How about you double that? <laughs> okay, I, I'm off. I'm sorry. So, 16 or so is that right yes yes wow. i've been doing this for a very long mm. time um love it every day of the week mm -hmm. well I, i'm always grateful and excited to talk to people who've been in it for a while because i'm only three years in right so mm -hmm. to hear about the wedding industry from the perspective of someone who's done a ton of weddings, seen trends come and go and experienced you know obviously asheville as a wedding destination you know it's always exciting for me so uh so i, I just kind of want to quickly dive into you know how you got started you know what's your what's the story behind your entree into the wedding industry well it's it's 
it's kind of bland to tell you the truth. It's nothing really exciting. I just didn't fall into it. But, you know, a long time ago, I worked in project management um, in the banking world. And, you know, from that experience, you know, I learned a lot about being detailed oriented, working with huge budgets, and also being able to hit my deadlines um, as often as possible. Um, that's how you were graded. So the better you were with hitting all three of those things, the, the, the further you would go along within the company. Well, on the side, I always knew that I loved bringing people together. Uh, no matter what kind of label you want to put on it, if it's bringing the executives together for a holiday um, event or a any type of senior meeting or anything like that, or just uh, there is a gathering, Lisa, bring us together. Let's have um, decorations and great food. <laughs> well, yeah. somehow I would be the one that they would uh, tap into to see, Lisa, try that for us. And um, before I knew it, I really started to enjoy it. And then the light bulb went off. I thought, hey, I need to get paid for that. (laughs) (laughs) Because they weren't paying me to be the the party planner at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, They were paying me to be the project manager. So, um, again, that's how it started, uh, just working through the bank and honing my skills and, um, you know, putting things together for other people. So you had very practical and real experience doing the work of wedding planning, right? It wasn't called what you didn't do wedding planning in the beginning, but you developed the, that skill set and that experience to make make you a very good candidate to be a wedding planner, right? Exactly, exactly. And when you think about it, you know, regardless of what title you want to be able to put on it, and in this conversation, we're calling it a wedding planner, anytime that you're having to deal with professionals such as a florist, a photographer, a caterer, um, videographer, um, you're bringing them together. You're, you are the, the planner, be it a party planner, a wedding planner, um, whatever you want to call it. Um, it just happens to be that um, wedding planner is the label that I'm, I've been using for the, for the past few years and um, that, that I'm enjoying very well. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's, that's great. It's fun. Yeah, as I said, I always love to hear people's stories of how they start out. So, um, so hearing that you had, you came from the corporate world is, Mm -hmm. is, is interesting. I like that. And since you started doing the wedding planning, did you continue to plan corporate events and other, maybe what what other kind of work did you do? Yes. Working Um, with nonprofits is, which is quite gratifying. Um, any type of corporate event where you're just, you know, bringing other colleagues together, um, who may not have an opportunity after hours to fellowship with each other, doing those types of activities of presenting an event to them saying, okay, let's all get together, learn more about each other. Maybe there's some music, a great band and uh, delicious libations. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And let's see what comes out of it. And from what I understand, a lot of business deals come out of that. A lot of, uh, a lot of work, a lot of um, out-of-the-box thinking as well comes out of those events when you bring so many different people together, regardless of the label of what it's called. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And 
yeah, until just what, until March, those were, <laughs> those were continuing, but now people had to slow those, slow those gatherings down. And I think that's, there's been a, a big loss because of that. You know, I because think the of that word I use is screeching halt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it was, you know, it was tough for me because last April I had, I was starting to get all these increased for corporate events and I was like, yes, finally, I'm starting to get on that circuit, you know, or at least in the ears of those people planning it. And then, or maybe it was in April, it was February and, and the events were going to be in May. And I was like, oh, Monday event. Great. Cause I do 90% weddings, right? Nine, like most of my events are Saturdays. So for someone to have a Monday event or a Thursday event, I'm like, heck yes, let's do that. <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, that, that all stopped for me. But, um, so Sorry, I'm, I'm, I went on a tangent there. So in, in regards to, uh, you know, your business, did you focus, did you start mostly with bigger weddings? I mean, I guess that was, weddings have got, only gotten smaller, right, over time? Or t- take me back to what Well, I, I guess because I'm the anomaly out of this equation because I've dealt with so many different sizes of weddings regarding, regardless of the economy. Um, yes. Have I dealt with large weddings in the very beginning? Um, I still continue to talk with individuals who want to be able to have a large capacity event, regardless of the state that we're in right now. It's just being able to say, okay, let's talk about what that means and the logistics behind it and the safety that we need to implement to make sure it's a successful event and a healthy event for all of your loved ones that are going to be able to attend. And, and we're talking large. Is that 200 plus? Is that 150 plus at 300? Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've dealt with larger than that weddings, but now, now um, it's much smaller. It's, it's where I'm focusing more on the backyard wedding mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i'm not trying to put 200 people in a backyard <laughs> that's not happening not unless it's a farm right <laughs> not, well you know it's it's, it's <laughs> not unless it's a farm you're right there you go bryce not unless it's a farm we're all outdoors enjoying you know the outdoors which is yeah. no problem but you know that has been one of the biggest turns in the industry is going from the larger events to something much more intimate um, and smaller. Um, But the planning is still the same. The only element that's different is working with the uh, mass gathering mandates and guidelines as per city or, or, or the state. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You still have to, even though the florist isn't doing, you know, hundreds of flowers still, they need to be coordinated, right? Along with other, every other vendor, all that needs to be figured out and planned. Yes, it still needs to be figured out. So that's why that's a misnomer with a lot of individuals thinking that because you decrease in size, that the scope of the event has to change, and that is that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the number of people that may attend may be smaller, but your aspiration for what the look and feel of your event it can still be just as costly as a large wedding. Exactly. So yeah. it's just, you know, how deep do, are your pockets today? Yeah. <laughs> how yeah. much do you want to spend? 
Well, and a funny thing that I realized fairly recently um, after kind of reviewing different venues and their cost and, uh, you know, thinking about the backyard wedding, I'm like, oh, maybe I could, you know, put together a package where um, it's great for people who do have backyards and want to throw their wedding in a private location or if they want to do a Airbnb or VRBO wedding, you know, I could I could try and help them out and I could coordinate mm-hmm. with another planner and some other people we could throw stuff together. And I mean, we were looking at like bare minimum, like $15,000 for like 15 people or 20 mm-hmm. people. You know, it was, I, I did the per person, yeah, obviously the per person rate is just a lot when you decrease it by that amount, but still need every aspect. Like a DJ doesn't care how many people you have, right? Right. Caterers have minimums. I have a flat rate. I'm not going to come out for nothing just because you have 10 people, you know, so mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really interesting for me to think about, you know, uh, venues, backyard weddings, ideal guest sizes. And I really like that number. It's like right around, I think like 125, where you kind mm-hmm. of <laughs> like it's still relatively small. Um, but the per person rate, and I, I don't really want to focus on that, but I'm just saying like it does, it's, it seems reasonable at that point, you know, but once you start getting to really small numbers, you have to fork out almost the same amount of money, right? You're in a, in a tent. If you want to rent a tent, put it in your backyard, there goes three grand. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, you look at these venues that are charging five grand, six grand, seven and up. And some of them I'm like, oh, that's a deal. They're including this, that, and the other for five grand. Like that's, that's a steal. I tell some of my clients if they're shopping around Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they don't understand what goes into a backyard wedding. A lot of labor goes into putting all of that together. And sometimes people forget, um, you know, there are other individuals who need to come out to your home to be able to set up the tent, set up the lights inside of a tent. A lot of people Mm. forget you need lights inside of a tent because it does get dark at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you do need lights inside of a tent, um, perimeter lighting and stuff like that. And when you're at um, a venue that already has all that set up in the package, well, then it's not even a thought on your part as the client. However, mm-hmm. when you turn the tables and say, oh, I'm going to do that in my own backyard, or I'm going to do this outside of a location that doesn't do it normally, then the realization of all of the machinations you have to go through to make sure you have everything that you need down to the Porta Johns. I mean, mm-hmm. not just one. Do you need two? Do you need, you know, remember, you need sanitation stations all over the place. It's little things like that, that as a wedding planner, I love being able to sit down with my client and go through per se a checklist and say, these are the things we know off the top that we're going to have to include in the budget. And once we just talk about those pieces, then you can see that they are amazed at, oh, I didn't know I had to reserve an extra X amount of money just for garbage cans you know recycling bins things like that so it's it's one of those things that um as a wedding planner i love being an educator as well just to be able to 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 bring to light some of the things that you may not have thought of because it was assumed at a different location exactly yeah and I, i think a lot of people had to call an audible on their you know experience um 
on, on their wedding uh, planning, right? They they were set up to do it at a venue and then they said, oh, forget it. We're just, The venue's not letting us do it. So we're just going to do it here at Uncle Joe's house in Asheville. And they didn't realize all that stuff. So they went from kind of a total shift, right, in their planning. And, and the converse of that, I mean, I love it when when you're able when you're able to pivot to that degree and say, yes, we are having it at Uncle John's, you know, backyard, because, again, you are inviting more of your core individuals that you really want to have at your event and then be able to say, you know what, once everything calms down, we're all are safe to have larger events. Let's have the blowout party that we wanted to have originally and then spend you know, whatever, you know, budget we wanted to spend initially, um, at a different venue. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Huh, man. Uh, <laughs> so it's a lot to think about. I'm glad I'm not tying the knot right now <laughs> myself. Uh, so Lisa, I'm, you know, you mentioned the 16 years thing. I really want to know what you've seen. Like, I'm, I'm super intrigued to think about trends you've seen or, uh, you know, vendors you've seen that have, that were really big trends. Like they came and they went, you know, it wasn't an everlasting thing. It was like very exciting for people at the time. Like I'm thinking, you know, in my head, what's popping up and, you know, I don't have the same experience you do, but like ice sculptures, <laughs> like I feel like I've seen that in a wedding back in a, in a movie, but I've never heard of anyone doing an ice sculpture recently. I mean, I'm sure someone does it, but sure. what, do you have any trends that have, have come to mind that, um, that are obsolete, that are obsolete now or, or rarely practiced? Um, Wow, that is such a great question because there's so many different ways to slice that because yeah. let's take something as simple as um, cake. You know, in the in the past, you know, you had your cakes where um, all this beautiful buttercream icing or fondant icing, that's the standard. You're going to see that no matter what time of the year or what year it is. And then you started to see the naked cakes or the semi-naked cakes, meaning those tiered cakes that had the icing um, not as uh, not applied as thickly. Mm-hmm. So you could still see the cake itself peeking through the icing. Hmm. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which are beautiful. They're very nice to see and still tasty cakes. Um, but that might be something that was a rage maybe two to three years ago and now it's, it's fading out every once in a while you'll see a picture of a, a naked cake or a semi-naked cake um that's out there but that's something that's um that's a trend that's fading away so, so to talk about something very simple interesting yeah um as far as any other trends that are just maybe just obsolete um oh the receiving line um, do you know what a receiving line is? Uh, <laughs> well, let me just tell you what yeah, a receiving you, line is. I would love to learn. <laughs> a receiving line is basically after the ceremony, the wedding party would line up, um, let's say, either outside of the church doors, if you're having a, uh, a church wedding, and line up beside each other. And as the guests are exiting, you're 
exchanging, uh, you know, thank you for coming, a hug, and you go to the next person. And it's one of those, it's, it's, a, it's just a receiving line. Everybody, all of your guests will actually shake your hand, hug you, kiss you, do that type of thing, and move along as they go to the next activity, which is the, re- the, the cocktail hour. Well, I haven't seen a receiving line in forever. Yeah. I mean, I still include it in my contracts just because um, some of the mother of the brides, because that's something that they had at their wedding. By all means, if that's something that you want, I build it into the timeline to make sure that we have enough time to do that because something like that takes a while to do. And, um, but I don't, I don't heavily suggest mm-hmm. having a receiving line. So that's a trend that's pretty much common gone. Mm. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen it. I've done about, since I started, I've done about 80 weddings and I don't think I've seen that once. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's... <laughs> yeah. It might've, might've, uh, you know, bit the bullet. Um, what about, you mentioned church weddings. I, of course, my <laughs> my offering as a mobile bar service is very much geared towards folks that are wanting to throw parties, right? Instead yeah. of having like just a ceremony. Obviously, they are my my ideal client is someone who appreciates a good party and a good bar. Um, so, are church weddings still a big thing, or yes. are, those are still happening? Okay. Ch- yes, church weddings will never go out of style. Yay. I love a church wedding, but not everyone is a church person. Mm -hmm. Meaning, um, I do a lot of outdoor weddings, especially because I service the Western North Carolina area. So a farm, being out in a pasture, um, just being outdoors near a waterfall or just anything, um, you know, that's surrounding you with animals or nature. Um, those are where my clients are going. That's what they want. They want to be surrounded by the, the jewel tone leaves during the fall. They don't want to be enclosed in a church, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that's why as a couple, whatever you want is whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to try and change your mind on your venue by no means, because that's what you have in mind for your wedding. So let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, speaking of venues, do you have any favorite venues up here in in um, in Asheville or Western North Carolina? Because I know we, you know, we both cover quite a big radius. That is like asking who is my favorite child, and I don't even have children. Oh my, I could not begin to say my favorite because yeah. because they all have so many different nuances and different things that are just mm-hmm. um, unique to them. Um, I will give a shout out to a, to a couple of, to a couple of venues, if that's all right. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Um, in Asheville, the Crest Center and Pavilion is one of my favorites. Um, definitely the Grand Bohemian downtown in Asheville um, is one of my favorites. It's a smaller boutique type of wedding venue. Mm-hmm. Um I'll just stop there yeah. because yeah, again, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just like asking for my They're, favorite child. <laughs> totally. And I, yeah, now that I think about it, I mean, you know, obviously people are looking for different things when they're looking at venues. Some people want on-site lodging. Yes. Other people want wide range mountain views. Some people mm-hmm. want a waterfall, right? So yeah, no, I, I, 
I get, I just, you know, I'm always curious to see where people, um, tend to work, right. Cause I tend to work at certain venues, um, and where they, what, what places they like the most, you know, have you been to, um, it's fairly new, um, haiku I do in the built. No, I have not, building. but that's one of the locations that I've wanted to go and visit. Yeah. Check it out. I'm friends with the manager there, Jen, Jennifer Zyla. Okay. And, um, it's right across the street from Hillman brewery, which mm-hmm. also offers food. And uh, it's got such a cute little setup. And I particularly like it for smaller groups because it's not one of those big halls, right? It's not a big reception hall. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's essentially like a Japanese garden with two separate buildings and a fire pit and, you know, different places to sit that it's not like the traditional setting um, Mm -hmm. for a wedding reception. So I'd highly recommend checking them out. We, we've probably worked there more than any other venue. In Western North definitely added so on check, my list. Yeah, yeah, check that out. Um, so I'm I'm big on differentiation. You know, I that's all I do is bar service. I do it with stylish bars, and we pour delicious drinks. I rarely do mixed drinks. We do we do mostly cocktails on tap, and we do local beer. So that's my differentiator. What would you say yours is as a wedding planner in a in an industry that is saturated with with you know people who say, "Oh, I'm a wedding planner because I had a wedding and I got married and I planned it." Right? Like almost anyone can just jump in and say, "Oh, I'm a wedding planner." So you've been doing it for a while. Is that is that your differentiator that you have experience in so many different types of uh, events? Or what would you say is is your how you stand out in such a crowded marketplace? Well, here's what I bring to the table, you know, working with various, various religions. So being able to say, okay, we're going from uh, the Catholic church to a client. The next day we're doing a Hindu wedding from Hindu to um, a Baptist wedding, you know, so being able to be very diverse in knowing the rituals um, and the sequencing of the different types of weddings that are out there. And I'm always willing to learn. So if there's something that I haven't tapped into, um, by all means, I'm doing my research to make sure that I have a a good understanding of what's out there. As far as for every wedding, I treat it as if it were my own. It, It truly is something that I feel is special. And I want my client to feel as if They are the only client that I have because I want them to understand that I'm, I'm, I'm curious about how did you get, how did, how was the proposal? What went down (laughs) when you all, when you were proposed to and what are your colors and what do you want to have happen throughout the day? Not necessarily just at the ceremony, but throughout the whole wedding weekend, tell me everything because I'd rather have too much information than not enough. And sometimes I find that if you don't ask the right questions regarding the wedding, sometimes that wedding can be not as personalized. It can be, if I may use the word, use the phrase cookie cutter. I want this wedding to be something that is so personalized that when people walk away, they're like, can't believe that there was X, Y, and Z or, um, you know, it's it's very different. Everyone is exceptionally different. My day is different 
when working with my clients. So I make sure that whenever we are having our consultations over the phone, that they tell me as much as possible regarding what they're looking to have, what type of music that they want. Um, I want them to tell me what type of um, outfit that they want their DJ to wear. I mean, let's get down to every nuance of that wedding, because the more I know, the more I can help you make sure that your vision comes to life. And I also find that a lot of brides, they see weddings on TV and they use that as their litmus test of, oh, well, it should be this way. I actually had mm. a mother of the bride a long time ago. We were doing um, the rehearsal and the rehearsal was going fine. And she said, oh, Lisa, this went so well. It was perfect. But this isn't how they did it on General Hospital. And, <laughs> and General Hospital is a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I I couldn't help but laugh, and I'm thinking everything that you see on TV is not true, <laughs> and this is one of those things where, um, again, I want to be able to be helpful, be very conscientious of your time, and not waste your time, so that every moment that you spend with me, you can walk away and say, I learned this from Lisa today. She helped me be able to see another aspect about what we wanted and worked with our budget so that we're not spending frivolously on something that didn't need to be spent that way. And so if, if that is something that makes me different from someone else, well, then that's it. I can only be me. And this is how I would want someone to ask me about my wedding to make sure they understand what I want. Because if you don't tell me, how am I going to know what you want? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I like what you said about the cookie cutter wedding. Cause, um, I, I, you know, I follow a lot of different accounts on Instagram and I see a lot of the same thing happening at certain venues, you know, maybe where they have like all inclusive services or whatever. Um, you know, cause yeah, anyway, so I can, I know what you're talking about. Everything looks the same, right? So, um, that's not a great, uh, if you want a personalized wedding, that's not a great way of doing it. Right. And yeah. cookie cutter is fine. I mean, I, I'll yeah, do that yeah. all day, every day. I mean, it, it pays the bills too, Totally. but totally. you know, I, I am going to, going to ask the client some very pointed questions about, you know, how do they see their day? What do you want to have happen? And that's where that conversation really opens up the couple to talk about everything that they want to see. And it's my responsibility as the wedding planner to be able to say, okay, let's take those chunks of information and let me develop the timeline to make sure we have enough time to do those things. And if not, where can we shave off or where can we, you know, manipulate the timeline to make sure it does happen? Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um so talking about couples and, and their big day, what would you say is the best piece of advice you can give to folks? Because we're kind of on that realm of, you know, personalization versus cookie cutter or not. You know, what, what kind of advice have, would you say just to give, give our couples? If there's any advice I could give anyone regarding planning a wedding is 
remember that it's always about the two of you because when you start listening to a large group of individuals per se, all of your bridesmaids are going to give you 10 different ways to do one thing. Your mother of the bride and all of her sisters and brothers are going to tell you about their wedding and how you should do your wedding. And it grows exponentially when you have all of that advice. So that's natural. Mm. So you, you can't stop them from giving advice, which is beautiful. But you have to be able to discern between does this fit within what I want to do for my event? And if there's pieces of it that you can pull to say, oh, I, I like how this meshes well with the theme of my event, by all means, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that advice from a, from a few photographers and obviously wedding planners. And what's going through my mind right now is like, how do you have that conversation? <laughs> if the mom of the mother of the bride is just like going hard with their opinion and trying to make decisions, you know, how do you, gosh, how do you do that? Maybe you're not a type A person, you know? Well, one thing is do not stress. That's, that's the first thing I, I want to be able yeah. to make sure all the listeners know, because again, there's so many people in your ear giving you advice. Do not stress and be able to, to tell that person, thank you so much for that piece of advice i'll keep it under advisement now at that point mm -hmm. you haven't given a commitment you have said that you have listened or shown that you have listened to their idea and then be able to say hey if you'd like to sit down with my wedding planner and i and we talk through it let's go ahead right there nine times out of ten they're not going to do it <laughs> because they're going to say oh now you want me to participate in the planning process mm. and a lot of others unless you are the bride and groom they're going to say i don't have time to do that so you've got to kind of um appease them yes but also know that if they're just as busy as you are they're not going to be able to find the time to be able to sit through and talk about the entire idea that they have in mind that's Possibly. a good I, yeah i like that that's a good tactic for sure <laughs> Uh, so uh, one thing I always want to know from my fellow wedding vendors is what their favorite part of the business is. And in that, uh, in that question, I mean, like, is it, you know, is it the day of the actual execution? Is it the, you know, for you, maybe the planning or the back and forth, or is it the curation of different vendors? You know, what would you say is your favorite part about, you know, your business slash wedding planning in general? My favorite part is just simply bringing together people who love each other and celebrating love. When you're able to say, we're going to have a whole wedding weekend filled with food, laughter, and just fun, that for me is a rush because the onus is on me to make sure that if that's your idea, well, if I'm the one who's supervising this as your wedding planner, I need to make it happen. So I need to make sure that um, I have the right people in place. Um, I love being able to communicate with new vendors, being able to say, hey, um, here's an idea that my client came up with. I haven't worked with this idea before, but I heard you have. Can we sit down and brainstorm about 
what you do and how you can help my client. And let's bring the client in on the conversation uh, later on to talk about it. So I love being able to see new, fresh ideas, turning something old into something new and just uh, meeting different types of people all the time. It, I, I learn something new from um, anyone I run into. I mean, I love it. I, I cannot get enough of being able to learn more about how people celebrate a wedding. It, it's just, um, it's fun and being able to outline it and make sure that things are brought in properly, set up properly. Those are the things that I thrive upon. Those are the things that I want to make sure that you know that you have entrusted in me and you can walk away from it and know that I've got it under control. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's, let's flip the question now. What is your biggest challenge in regards oh, to your job? Oh, my biggest challenge are surprises. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Um, I had a wedding some time ago. This was way early in the planning process. Um, I had a wedding and it was um, out in a farm. And I have a picture of it. I think it's on my Facebook uh, back in the day. But anyhow, I had lined up all of the wedding party, the bridesmaids, the groomsmen, and the bride was in the back. And I'm about to start the processional and give the cue to the musicians. And all of a sudden, I see llamas. And these are llamas that are dressed in wedding garb that are starting (laughs) to make their way down the aisle. I didn't. It was it came from left field. I'm like, um, what is this? And then all I could hear, (laughs) I'm at the very front and at the back of the line, I could hear the bride saying, oh, Lisa, it's a surprise (laughs) just for you. (laughs) <laughs> because everything else was going, you know, according to plan. And she had that, that wonderful sense of humor and she wanted to just throw something in there. Um, and it's llamas. <laughs> wow. That's a curveball for sure. That is a curveball, but, but it was beautiful because mm-hmm. um, I have pictures of it and we enjoyed ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love a little farm animal integration. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. a, uh, there's a company up here called Blue Ridge Burrows and they have these two little baby donkeys or miniature donkeys that yes. like will hold flowers or hold six pack of beer and they just kind of walk around. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. As you know, up here, we have a lot of, a lot of outdoor centric venues and farms and barns and, and such. Yes. So, so it's a little and with more farms and barns and, and lakes, uh, you know, ducks. You know, ducks will come flying in at any point in time. They don't care if that's in the middle of your I do or if they're the middle of your walking down the aisle. They, they will just fly in and you have ducks. Oh <laughs> ducks my gosh. and geese and everything all over. But I, I take it as, you know, go with the flow. Let it, you know, that's how it was supposed to be. Enjoy mm. it. Don't freak out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many things that can go go wrong and hopefully they don't but if they do being able to roll with those punches i think is is really important to yes. have a have a successful day um, yes so lisa um i think was that your crazy wedding story for us i know i i asked you about that um well, in the, well, you know before crazy, the podcast you, when you say crazy that's so subjective because there's so many things that i've, I've seen that now i just take it as oh okay 
whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I've had a bride where. started and all of a sudden the bride is coming down she's just walking down towards the fiance and she's just having a temper tantrum about the room key the room key to their room and I'm looking at what is she talking about because I couldn't really hear her and the closer she got all I kept hearing was where is my room key and I'm thinking okay um that's different Mm. (laughs) so she she calmed down um eventually i mean i i'm not the 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 person who's going to just tell her to stop Mm -hmm. um however i i don't want to end up being the show but um it's one of those things where you just let it play out and then you're able to go back to that bride and say okay um let's let's pull ourselves to the side and talk about what's going on what's happening here because all of that all of that intensity it, it just goes out into the world and everyone else is tense. So you've gotten it out your system. Let's take a few moments to talk about where we are and what we're about to do. Can you collect yourself for, you know, for right now? And let's, let's go through the process. And usually that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I've, I've had a couple interesting moments like, I did a bridal drop off where I dropped the bride off in my truck. So I drove up to the ceremony site and on my way back, well, first of all, I couldn't drive her there because the brother was doing the video and he was using a drone and the drone wasn't done set up yet. And he he couldn't get it to work. So we kept driving up and they said, no, no, it's not ready. (laughs) And so we kept going. I'm like, this is where a wedding planner would have come in handy because they would have had me with the walkie talkie and she would have, he or she would have been over, you know, by the drone or something. I don't know. It was just like a great moment, you know, for me to be like, Oh, this is why they have wedding planners. And then after we finally drop her off, I come back and it's only, you know, it's down the hill, only a just dirt road, but it's a one way road and somebody had pulled up their minivan. So I couldn't get back down to set up. And I was like, Oh my gosh, again, now I get it. Like I was, yeah, I was trying to get back to my spot. Right. And I just couldn't get out. So I go to the ceremony site where everyone's sitting down. I'm like, who has the minivan? <laughs> Cause you're blocking me in. And the uncle was like, Oh, I, it's me, but I left the keys in there. I'm like, no, I checked your keys are in your pocket. And he's like, Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. He let me, and he gave me the keys. I moved his van, got, gave him back his keys and drove back down and set up. And then my table was gone because the caterers took it. So I didn't have a table to set up on. So well, anyway. I did. I did have one bride where um, we had gotten the wedding party all the way down through the processional in their places, and all we had to do was just get the bride and the father of the bride down the aisle. Well, in just that short amount of time, it really started to rain. In buckets. I mean, it was raining, raining, raining. And but but this was inside, but she still needed there was just a little bit of a clearance where it was going to be wet. And I'm looking at the bride. The bride looks at me and I, I see off to the side. I see this this chair and I had two staffers that were close by. And I told her just to trust me. And I said, 
sit in this chair and dad, you follow right behind. And I had two staffers on each side of the chair to pick up the chair with her in the chair and just as if she was on her own throne, walk her down the aisle to the groom. And to tell you the truth, I didn't know if it was going to work, but everyone was clapping and applauding. (laughs) And I was thinking, oh, we got her down the aisle. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you got to be creative, you know? You have to. I mean, if we've gotten this far, oh, honey, I'm going to get you down the aisle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No need to stop the wedding at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're you're so close. So close. So, Lisa, when someone decides to work with you, what does that process look like? Is, is it a, I'm guessing it's a phone call. Um, do you have a lot of phone calls? Do you always meet in person? Is it, could it be virtual up until the wedding day? Um, yeah. Tell me a little more how that works. Typically, it's, it's one of two things happen first. It's an email inquiry or it is a phone call. And basically, they are based off of um, either they have seen me working another wedding or a friend's wedding and they're like oh I need to call Lisa because she worked on my sister's wedding or my best friend's wedding that type of thing or they'll go to my website and be able to say oh I see some of the pictures I know what you do I'd like to learn more can we you know talk about your services so pretty much it's over the phone or email and then after that Um, We can have a Zoom phone call, um, anything face to face. Well, prior to the pandemic, it was always the next step is let's let's sit down face to face and talk through some things. But now using um, Zoom or any other type of, uh, of, you know, technology Mm -hmm. in which we can talk face to face virtually is so helpful so that they can meet you because that's one of the things they want to be able to do. They want to know you're real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm <course>. here, <laughs> and that you can answer their questions, um, um, their burning questions immediately, and give them some insight, and that helps to helps them to make decisions on if I'm the right person for them. But little do they know, I'm also interviewing them to make sure they're the right person for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't we don't take on. I don't think people realize we don't take on all the clients that inquire with us you know so having that back and forth like i've had some that waited months to sign a proposal or anything and i'm like do you even want this like do you even want my service you know and i'm like after that i was like no i'm just you're i'm archiving that you know project but i've had other ones where they're just so far away like someone's from indiana just requested my services i said Mm -hmm. no i'm in north carolina silly driving up to indiana with the truck but anyway um so and so another thing with the clients are you are people mostly do they live in charlotte or Asheville, or are they coming from all over i find that my clientele let's say about 90 percent. this is it's destination wedding so they Mm -hmm. are living in a totally different locale from north carolina so they're Mm. from um anywhere in the United States or, or the, or the globe. I mean, I've, I've done several phone calls (laughs) where, you know, you're in India and I'm here and that time zone difference, (laughs) it'll get you sometimes. Oh yeah. I can't imagine. 
that's part of part of what I signed up for. And, and that's I have no problems with that. And I enjoy that. I welcome that. And it's one of those things where um, I can't get enough of it. I the more weddings that are are diverse and, and you really need help, I, I, I want to be that person that that can help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Lisa, what are, what's in the works for you in the future? Are you like, I, I, I didn't even ask you before, I guess, do you have any employees or people that work for you, you know, planners that work under you? And if not, will you ever get any or what else, you know, what's on the horizon for your well, business? There's so much on the horizon. There's so many things that I want to be able to do, but sometimes due to, you know, the situation now with COVID, I, I have to kind of put those things on the back burner. Mm -hmm. I use, uh, right now I use interns Mm -hmm. to help me. Um, As far as being able to arrive at an event with an entourage of six or seven people, that's just not my style. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That, I mean, I'm sure there are great, there are celebrity wedding planners out there and they have teams of 10 and 20 and that's wonderful. Um, I find that sometimes um, I work best with a smaller team, depending on what's going on with the event. Um, am I looking to uh, service the bride who wants to have 500 guests? No, not now. In the past, I did mm-hmm. 17 years ago. <laughs> but now um, I, I'm, I'm more into a, a smaller group, a more, you know, a hundred or less, 125. That's, that's my clientele. That's the group that I want to be able to work with on an everyday basis. Um, as far as what's on the horizon, you mentioned earlier, I am the host and creator of Busy Bride 101 Wedding Planning Tips for the Bride on the Go, which is a podcast that I have out there right now that I'm, that I'm working on. So I want to be able to develop that because education is also a part of my, it's just a part of me. Again, I want to be able to share some of the ups and downs of weddings so that you do not have the ups and downs of your wedding. I want to be able to teach you those things so that you can be on the forefront of that and spend your, your, your monies wisely. Um, As far as being able to, do more public speaking events. Again, during the pandemic, it would be more through Zoom (laughs) or some sort of virtual conference or something like that. But um, I am looking to expand to to include more packages, more micro wedding, mini money packages through exquisite events and consulting. So there's always something going on in my world when it comes to wedding planning. Um, but it all boils down to this, Bryce, when someone is looking for a listener, a good listener, someone who's thinking outside of the box, someone who wants to be able to think of their money is precious and to spend it wisely. I'm the person that you're going to want to choose because I'm the one who wants to be able to take care of your wedding, your guests to make sure they're healthy and safe at your event. Well, I love that. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person someday, Lisa. Next time you're up in Asheville, hit me up. You can come to my little tasting room garage that I have here. Most see definitely. Some, I got some, see, there's a truck right back there. See I that? see. 
and a couple of motorcycles I'm working on. But um, thank you again for being on my podcast. I'm looking forward to being on yours. And um, as I said, look forward to meeting you in person. And thanks again for joining me. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care, Lisa. You too. Bye.